What's the thing that scares you the most? Confined spaces and uh, blood particles in the air, the dark, that coral thing that's been staring at me since I came in here. Chris, I'm scared to death. Welcome to the Sum of All Fear podcast, the show that examines real-life phobias and the horror movies that prey on them. So pour yourself something strong, Feardos, and let's find out what makes you afraid. I love crafty things, so if anybody wants to craft me anything, um, I would love that. You know, they've got they've got little uh, somebody, and I, can't, I, I wish I could remember her Twitter name. Um, maybe she'll be a listener at some point. Um, but she... she I guess knits little horror characters. Oh, you showed me those. Those yeah, are so cool. They're so cool. fucking cool. I love them. They're um, awesome. Some of my friends got little roller girls done by someone um, who does the same thing. And they personalized them so that they actually look like them. And that That's was really badass. cool. badass. I like so it. So shout out to people who do awesome creative things. You guys rock. I feel, I feel like we're already we're dragging a little bit because this, this episode is, is it's depressing. It is deep man it is it's, really 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 dark uh, it's a dark episode it it's probably going to be the darkest episode we ever do it has been a really trudge and drudge through it you know yeah it's, it has not been a pleasant experience i don't think i don't like it? it i don't trust it i don't want it around it's you know i don't think even the fear of death episode whatever we do with that because that's probably going to be i might even be lighthearted. i don't know compared to this one it's going to be I, don't, I can't think of one that's going to be more like more movie, depressing and more dark. Your movie selection, too, had a lot to do with this. because I don't know how else you could do them. I don't know how else you could do this one. What, what else are you going to do? Uh, I mean, you were right, I think. Um, I think you were right in the choices, but I didn't like it. I don't like it. All I right. had to bathe after watching Martyrs because I felt... Ugh. It is. It is. But My soul feels... Ugh. It was the right choice, though. I, uh, I swear to you, it's the best one. And we're gonna, I'm going to defend it, and we'll, uh, we'll get to it mm. eventually. But we're back, guys. We're back. Let's get this more Hi. upbeat. Hi. We're back for episode four of the Sum of All Fear podcast. Yay, episode four. Thanks for listening. Woohoo! We made it through four episodes. And <clears throat> hot damn, it's been a pretty good week. It's been, oh, a, it's been a nice week. Yeah, as far as podcasting for, goes. Except for this topic. Except, except for this topic that we had it's to research. Really that, that really brought us down. Really bad. Um, but we oh. hit we hit 100 plays this week on oh, the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, so we have some actual subscribers now, not Yay. just my mom and your mom and, and, and our best and our friends, friends. Yeah. that so are amazing. There's some people that are listening outside of our immediate circle of people, I think. And you're amazing too. Um, we're getting some great, great feedback, um, good constructive criticism, which we, we invite and we would love. Um, and we incorporate, we listen so yeah, and praise. We, we've had some praise, which is nice. That's you know, it's good to have your constructive criticism, you know, fluffed with some praise. And not one person yet has been like, "These dickheads are awful." So, thanks for also I mean, not doing that's that. gonna happen. I know, and it, it's probably already happened in their heads. They just haven't come out and said it. I know, it yet. but that's great. See, so, you don't need to take that action. Not everyone needs to hear your opinion. That's true. Social media so, has taught us that not everybody needs to hear your opinion, and that opinions are very skewed. Um, but we, we mentioned uh, last episode, uh, metal Chris and Tori and Heath and Brent and a few others before, but this week we also heard from our wonderful friend, Lacey, um, whose boyfriend, by the way, apparently has a sweet kick-ass VHS horror collection that 
I have oh, got to check guys, out at some point soon. You guys Lacey, have to get together. you guys need we need to go on like a double date soon and just go get something, get some drinks. Horror nerd out. Yeah, so I can so I can, you know, get access to this sweet ass VHS horror collection. Um, also, Nick the French Jew. Another good friend, uh, horror fan, sent us some great feedback, and, and he listened, and we appreciate that. Um, and some new fans have popped up on Twitter this yeah. week, which was really cool. It's fun to see all of the play and everybody chatting, so keep yeah. that up. We really love it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, we heard from, uh, we heard from um, a guy named Caleb, who is the host of the Macabre Media Podcast. Um, go subscribe to this podcast right now, because it's fucking great. Uh, the most recent episode, he interviews David H. Thornton, who plays Art the Clown in Terrifier, which was one of my top f- 10 uh, horror movies of the year. Uh, and the interview is awesome. Um, it's such a great interview. And I love that character. He is so freaking creepy. And I showed the, you know, Chris hasn't seen it, but I showed her the, just the picture of, of Art no, the Clown. You. And she was, yeah, not a fan. No, I'm good. Um, but... Go listen to Macabre Media Podcast. Thank you, Caleb, uh, and and all your your boys for for liking our page yeah. and for checking it out. Thanks we for your really hospitality and your feedback and your willingness to kind of bring us into this crazy podcasting world um, with you and jump along the ride. So yeah. thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, not only that, but this was great. Um, after he listened to the first episode, he changed his Twitter person his personal Twitter oh. name. To John Denver, the Death Harbinger from our last episode, which was which is awesome, so, which was super like, awesome, the highlight of my year already. <laughs> Freaking cracked me up. Um, so go follow Macabre Media Podcast, give it a listen. Those guys are really cool, um, and I'm already a big fan already. And I can't wait to get to their to their previous episodes because over the holidays he hit on Christmas Evil, which which oh, I had gosh. watched for the first time this this year. He also hit on uh, I think Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, and some other ones. Uh, no, no, Black Christmas was the other one, oh, um, the which I got to see at at uh, the New Beverly in Hollywood, uh, which was fucking awesome. It was so cool. It was so cool. I got to see that and Silent Night, Deadly Night in you a were double feature. Out so hard. While oh you man, were there. man, I, I was like hanging out. I wasn't hanging out, but I was like sitting in the same row as like one of the Shockwaves hosts, uh, Elway came, and I didn't say anything to him, but it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, so check those guys out. Really cool. Uh, and again, real quick, uh, we again want to thank you for listening. Please subscribe, give us a rating, give us a review um, if you're so inclined. Follow us on Facebook at Some of All Fear Podcast and on Twitter at Some of All Fear Pod, P-O-D. Uh, we want you to tell us uh, if you hate us. Tell us if you love us. Tell us if you're just super lukewarm about us. Um, and don't forget we're on Apple iTunes, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on Stitcher, we're on Overcast, uh, and a bunch of other platforms. So, whew. Got that out of the way. Yeah, you're sweating already. That's not surprising. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm probably about 25 pounds overweight. This is not... I'm drinking whiskey. Oh, you never looked better. Oh, aren't you sweet? Mm. You do have some Keep gray lying. in your beard, though, that wasn't there. The, this gray has been there for quite some time. <laughs> in fact, I remember when I first started getting it, you were like, you have some something in your... Oh. Oh, that's not... Oh, oh no. That's, that's not... <laughs> that's just gray. Um, so, <laughs> that was great. so, so some people actually like us talking to each other, which is nice. <clears throat> and I enjoy talking to you. This is the most we talk to each other all week long. Oh, not, man. I mean, not because we don't like each other. It's just, you know, it's busy. Yeah, it is. It's been a lot this week, but we're happy to be back and, um, I'm happy to be talking to you. Yeah. 
it's fun. I enjoy this. I really am starting to to get comfortable enough with this that I'm actually... You're so good at the media part, too, and the researching and putting things together and your writing. Oh, you're I so just, good at that. Uh, I just enjoy it. It's really fun. It's a fun hobby. It's a nice little side project here. Um, and I like the fact that, that we get the chance to research some cool cool shit and blend our, our interests and... And and I know that I'm interested. I'm I've always been interested in, in psychology, so I love the fact that we get to dive into psychology because we get to kind of you know chat about all the things that you've actually studied academically mm-hmm. that I've only studied you know as a layman, and then I get to introduce you to movies that traumatize you for the rest of your life. Oh, today's was bad, Ugh. and I love particularly beating you at our favorite game show is it time for that already uh yeah it's time it's already it's time. time it's time for me to inflict the pain all right and now it's taking the podcast world by storm it's time for the only phobia based trivia game known to man what the fear <laughs> you say it now what the fear there you go okay you have to say it like that That's right, folks. It's your favorite trivia game hosted by world-renowned brain expert, Chris Shattig. That's not true. <laughs> but It's what the fear time. But it's what the fear time. Okay, are you ready? <laughs> no, I'm not ready because I have failed miserably at this game. Look, so badly. I look forward to whipping your ass. I feel like, and I've gone back and been like, man, how was I so stupid? I should have just, you know, not that I would have known them because they're not easy, but. Why do you? But I at least need to make up better you know, shitty guesses. Yeah, no, your shitty guesses last time were pretty shitty. They're really bad. I'm overthinking this. Yeah, no, you, yeah. You're overprocessing it. All overhandling. Right. Okay, All right. are you ready? Over, overhandling? You're overhandling it. Overhandling. Overhandling, bud. S&P. S&P is a choice for me. All right, you ready? I am ready. Okay, ready? Your first fear is pedophilia. Pedophilia. Or, uh, no, I'm sorry. Pediophobia. Holy crap. I pediophilia. pediophilia. That sounds like... I was like, don't... I was like, okay, it's kind of like... Like, pediophilia I, is... I gave you a major clue, so... <laughs> well, not like pediophobia. Damn it. should be that hard. I'm going to say pe- pedophobia, right? Spell it for me. P-E-D-I-O-phobia. Pediophobia. 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 That is the fear of... Children. You're really close, but you're not right still. So fear of giving birth? No. Wrong. Again. Fear, fear of playgrounds? Worse. <laughs> you're way off. The fear of ghost children. I don't know. What is it? I have to be pretty damn close. You're you're in the ballpark. Um it's the fear of dolls. I swear to you, I saw this this week because that artist, who, that artist uh, uh, Cross, I think is his name. Oh, the one uh, that you The one who me, illustrates them. I swear to you, he, has, he has an illustration of this phobia. Okay. I should have gotten so that the, the, the fear of dolls, that's a good one. Fear of dolls uh, with the Greek root of... Pi talkie Tina. Pideon. And I'm going to kill you. Oh, the Greek Pideon, which means little child, right? So uh, you're in the ballpark, but you were still wrong. Um... And Channing Tatum of... Channing Tatum fame? Of sexy eyebrow lifting fame. Of taking a shirt off in movies fame? Uh, of dancing 
all over my naked body. I heard Chris Pratt has his dad bod back. When is, oh. when is Channing Tatum going to get his dad bod? Oh, man. The second Channing Tatum gets his dad bod in, I'll be all over that. <sighs> what is wrong with you people? Mm. Anyways, he has a very intense fear of dolls. Um, and recently on an episode of Ellen, he admitted to his fear expressing, I just think they're freaky. And she responded by bringing a doll out and shoving it in his face <laughs> while he proceeded to like tip over the chair. So do, should we talk about, should we talk briefly about creepy brownie doll? Oh God, I hate creepy brownie doll. So my mom, my mom back in the, I guess in the fifties, must've been in the, in the late fifties, uh, when she was a kid had this doll that we have now coined creepy brownie doll and creepy brownie doll sits about the size of a, of a, of about a three-year-old. A human child. A human child. And it is uh, dressed in a brownie costume. Uh, and it stands and actually will walk with you if you grab its hand and start walking. It'll move its feet and legs. Oh. I mean, sorry, it's, it's arms and legs. Uh, and we, use, we found this doll, I think, sometime in the mid-90s up in the attic of my grandparents' house. And we have used that doll now to scare the shit out of people, uh, fa- family and friends, for... There's actually a, couple a, generations. a creepy brownie doll page, isn't there? There, there is a creepy brownie doll Facebook page. Although I heard it had been, it had been hacked. My brother now has a Heath, who we've talked about on this podcast, now owns, uh, or is the possessor, or who is possessing who? Possessed uh, of, of creepy, creepy brownie, brownie doll. doll. Yeah, he has it, uh, and we actually took a road trip with her too. Remember? Yeah, yeah I my, remember. when my grandma passed away, we drove we drove with creepy brownie doll from Texas to Tennessee. Why didn't you bury her with grandma? We didn't. We did not. Gra- and grandma was always a big defender. She was did not like the way that we would treat creepy brownie dolls. She thought she was. She would have wanted a to sweet be little girl. Her. She might have. She would have wanted it. Yeah. You All right. So that was the first. Grandchildren. <laughs> that was the first one. I was right. close on that one. That was probably the closest I've the been closest since, since been, eggs. But then you went way out of bounds again. I, what are you talking about? Ghost children is as close to dolls no, as no, you no. can get. No, and then your guesses got worse as you kept guessing. No, ghost children was my last guess, and it was a good one. So screw you. <laughs> that was a good guess. You can fuck okay. the right. You can fuck right off. You can fuck the right off. <laughs> you can fuck the right off. That's 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 I'm what gonna, happens. That's what happens my, in April. I'm gonna tell my tax guy to do that. You can fuck the right you can off. Fuck the right off. <laughs> okay, are you ready to lose again? <laughs> I am ready to lose again. Okay, uh, coimetrophobia. Coimetrophobia. K O I. No, C O I M E T R O phobia. Coimetrophobia. Uh, fear of, fear of being caught having sex. You're really, really wrong. Okay. Well, I'm not surprised. Are you thinking coitus? Coitus, yeah. Why not? And metro. And metro. So like having coitus in the city? In the city, That was your logic? That was my logic. That was exactly my logic. Holy shit. There's something so. Thank you for breaking. But you know what? You figured it out. So it was not that far off. It couldn't have been that far. I off. see how you got that, but you gotta remember most of these are from Greek roots, right? Yeah, so, which is where we get most of these words for these things. So, so I just assume uh, it's from the Greek. For, I studied Greek. You know that, right? Yeah, and I still suck at this. You didn't study very hard, apparently. No, I, I really didn't. Because <laughs> you suck at this. Uh, it's for the Greek koimetro, meaning burial place, for a fear of cemeteries. Ooh. Fear of cemeteries. And funny enough, Jug's favorite person in the world, 
Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sarah Michelle Gellar, is terrified of cemeteries. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, she was brought to tears. During scenes where she During had to go During scenes where she had, to, where she had, to, go had to go in actual cemeteries. The original Buffy the Vampire Slayer went to a high school by it. The one from the, the movie. Can't remember her name. Anyways, I, I'm not surprised that I got it wrong. Because I, I, this is, I, I'm coming to grips with the fact that this game was only designed to, uh, you know, make me look stupid. Yeah. Which I, I do a really good job of myself. So. Well, it was also designed to elicit responses from you that were indicative of uh, personality traits, like... Like having sex in public places? Like having sex in public places. <laughs> is that a personality trait that I, that I exhibit on a regular basis? Yeah, yeah. No, no. We won't talk about just, our, We won't talk about our other friends. No, just thinking Roofs, about that. Ladders. Kind of stuff. You know who you are. <laughs> All right. Um, are you ready for the last one? Mm-hmm. Think you can do this? I no, I, I really don't. I believe in you. I have no, I have no, I, you, have, you have completely sapped me of all of my confidence. This game is like an inkblot test, but with words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put that in the description. <laughs> what the fear? Like an inkblot test. But with words. With words. Okay. Um, your last word is tripophobia. 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 T-R-Y-P-O. Phobia. That's the fear of needles. No, you're wrong. Dang it. You're wrong. I'm really close. You're wrong. No, no Donald Trump, please. <laughs> I really want to no. keep politics off this podcast. It is. Trying so hard. Nope, it is the fear of tiny holds in weird clusters or patterns. Oh. I knew. See, you stole all of these from his his illustrations, didn't you? No, I didn't. I actually found them somewhere else. Did you really? Yeah. I think he has an illustration for all of these. But I thought for, for when you sent me that today that you that I was gonna like lose this whole one because a lot of them were on there. Well, that's why I guessed needles because I You're think it's really similar. I think needles is actually really similar. Um, um, I think the phobia of needles is is something really close to that. Well, it comes from the Greek root uh, trypho. From fear of sharp. Are being poked with things or injections or something. Triponophobia. Triponophobia is. So it's from the same. Is needles. From the same root for tripo, which means boring hole. That makes uh, sense. Ha like your mom. Oh. <laughs> was... um, so people who suffer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Did you just get that? No. That's really bad. That was that was terrible. Name of your sex tape. <laughs> Boring hole. Name of your mom's sex tape. Uh, uh, people <laughs> such as... I can't even talk right now. I'm telling her you said that. No. People such as uh, Kendall Jenner of... I don't really know what she does fame uh, with the Kardashians. Her sister had a sex tape. Oh, maybe that was the boring hole she's... she had the fear of. <laughs> And I've seen it, I've seen it, and if any sex tape ever, ever uh, deserved the title of just boring hole, that was, that was the one. That was definitely the one. Well, I mean, so the triggers include things like, like pancakes as they're popping, you know, at the top So when the when holes, when the holes get like yeah. all, all porous Honeycomb, lotus flowers, anything with like real symmetrical... Holes. Where the hell does this develop from? I, I don't know. Um, it 
It's posited that maybe it's um, an evolutionary reaction of disgust and disease avoidance because you would want to avoid things that that look like that evolutionarily, right? So that's how that's what it's posited from that it would kind of serve in that disgust reaction process. But I got I got to look up this guy, the, the the artist. You guys have seen him, I'm sure, because he's he's been all over social media a lot, but. He's going to be at uh, Sinister Creature Con. Yeah. Um, and he did, he did a, a he, that was one of the phobias that he covered, which mm-hmm. I thought was really funny because I was like, where the, where the hell did that phobia come from? Like, that's a weird phobia. Sean Cross mm. is his name. So check out his, uh, check out his art because that guy is super cool. I'm sorry, Sean Koss, C-O-S-S, not Cross. Um, SeanKossArt.com. That guy does... Basically, uh, visual interpretations of what phobias look like, and he's done it also for mental various mental disorders, mm-hmm. right? Like PTSD and uh, anxiety disorder. Oh, and, and his anxiety depiction is spot on too. Yeah, absolutely. I check him out. I can't. I'm actually looking forward to to you know maybe stopping by the Sinister Creature Con in Sacramento and and checking out his stuff. Drop a link on the page uh, to some of his stuff. Yeah, yeah, I will absolutely. That would be cool. Um, I'm going to... I'll go link it on our Facebook page. And you're still over. Not surprising. I was closer this time. I was at least... You kept saying I was way off, and I wasn't. I was really, really, really close. Even Needles was close, because boring of a hole, right? That was close, yeah. Boring holes. Boring holes. Boring holes is going to be... Is gonna, boring, gonna, boring holes is going to be brought up a lot in this in this podcast. I have a feeling. It's going to become a, It's going to become a hashtag... It's gonna be hashtag boring, boring holes. holes, and people are gonna send us send us pictures like videos of the most boring, uh, por- uh, the most boring porn they've ever seen. No, tri- it should be of trypophobia things like symmetrical holes. That's too literal. I think it'd be much more fun the other way around. Oh, see, that's why you. Answered <laughs> it could the- be both. That's why you why answered both? the way that you did. It could be either or. Mm. All right, so we've had uh, we've had our fun. Um, we are done with what the fear. Yep, we're done. We are touching on. That sounds dirty. <laughs> now your brain is just. My brain in that is gone lane. now. You've you've just and led me down. I did this not boring hole train. You led yourself down the boring hole, so don't blame me for <laughs> for, for your gross. Instead of the rabbit hole, the we're, we're down the boring hole. hole. I am, I am I am I am now down the boring hole, and this is not getting us in the mood for this really depressing. No, we're still episode it. that we. That I think we need to laugh uh-huh. at the beginning so that so that we can avoid crying at the end, right? Yeah, for sure. I did uh, my crying in the bathtub beforehand. <laughs> oh, I hope that's not true. You're not supposed to cry. <laughs> I'm an empath. I feel a lot of emotions. I feel a lot of things. I have a lot of feelings. You cried when your saints lost. I did. Yesterday. That was some bullshit. That's why. Everyone knows it. Even bookies. Bookies who are the bitchiest with their money gave back people's money who bet on that game. I saw that. Because they were like, nope. I saw that. (laughs) That shit was wrong. It was pretty pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Yeah. Bookies. I'm, I'm starting to go conspiracy theorist. And and think that you know the NFL maybe really is rigged. You know all that time they spend looking at the at the uh, replays, they're just talking to like 
the the um, the Illuminati, and the Illuminati is telling them giving them instruction, giving them instruction on how to how to handle the next play. That's that's my that's right. my, you know, you've got like, you got past presidents and and various world leaders, uh, and they're just they're just and the heads of chirping past presidents. chirping in in these uh, offici- officiates officiates officials ear and telling them to uh, you know call or not call certain things. Yeah, it's bullshit, I man. I don't know what goes. And on. And it sucks there. because we were going to be in New Orleans on the Super Bowl, so we would have had yep. we would have had just the craziest party in New Orleans on the Super Bowl. However, we did talk about how maybe it's a good thing yeah. that we don't have a bunch of annoying football fans running around the city while we're trying to, you know, have our vacation. Yeah. So. I think it'll be less stressful. Yeah. It's a catch-22. But it also would have been really fun. It would have been fun. It would have been like a mini Mardi Gras. Kind of. Totally would have been. Kind of. Yeah, I would have treated been it. nuts. I would have treated Unless it. Unless they lost, in which case it would be like the largest New Orleans funeral procession ever. Exactly. With, with, all the, with the jazz bands? Yeah. We could talk a lot about pain. <laughs> A lot about pain. This is gonna be. A, I have a feeling this is gonna be a long episode. It is. But this is good shit. Sorry. <laughs> Algophobia is our topic today. It is. And it it's uh, it comes from the Greek word algos, uh, which means pain, very plain and simply. Yep. So algophobia is our is our topic. Uh, this was a this was an interesting one. I'm interested to hear about the actual clinical diagnosis of algophobia um, because it's not I don't think it's what people are going to expect there's a little bit of it's 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 a little more nuanced than than I thought it was Um, so please let us know about this phobia yeah it's a lot more nuanced than that and uh, per request of the fans I wanted to start off with a really high level the fans makes it sound like we have a lot well the the fan the fan sorry per the the request of the fan the fan um, per request of the fan, um, I'm going to try and give kind of a high level overview of how the brain functions in general. And then I'm going to go deeper into what happens within the brain when certain things go on that way in future episodes, we can reference this. Um, and if you need a refresher, you can kind of always come back to this time and I'm sure I'll repeat myself as well. So, um, so we're going to start off really, um, uh, talking about the brain itself um, and kind of the central processors of the human body, which are um, the central nervous system, which is the brain and the spinal cord, right? Those are those are the go-to things. Uh, and then the peripheral nervous system, which includes all of the body's nerves um, and these things called gray ganglia um, that basically- That'd be a great metal band. Though. Gray ganglia to the stage, please. <laughs> no coming to the stage, gray ganglia. Yeah. That's gonna be uh, that's gonna be John Denver, the the Death Harbinger's next uh, personal Twitter name, right? <laughs> gray the, ganglia. Yeah, opening up for John Denver, Death Harbinger. <laughs> gray ganglia. No, John Denver, Death Harbinger. I decided was a was an emo band. Oh, that's true. Yeah, like uh, like John Wilkes Kissing Booth or uh, or 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 Elephants. What was that one? Elephant. Uh, Oh man, Cage the White Elephant was that the name of the band? I think that was the name of the band. Anyways, go ahead. And Jimmy World. And Jimmy World, <laughs> which I've been listening to a lot lately, um, because of this topic this week. Right. Uh, was the Dashboard Confessional. No, I don't need to be more depressed. Um, so really, we're gonna stick to talking about the central nervous system. So the brain's effect. 
um, on what the spinal cord does um, and where the, that information is sent out into the body and what to do. So we're gonna really start in the brain. Now in the brain, there's uh, two, two types of processes. There's um, inhibitory processes and exhibitory process, ex- excitatory processes. I'm sorry. It's all right. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of words. Words yeah, are Yeah, I know. And basically what happens is the brain is made up of millions of neurons. Um, and neurons have an axon, which is kind of like the butt end of it, mm-hmm. that spits out chemical signals, which include neurotransmitters. And it gets taken up by the finger end. It kind of looks like a bunch of fingers. So there's this empty space um, in in between all of these. And would you call that empty space the boring hole? It might be the that might be the boring hole. I just I don't know. Uh, I call they called it a synaptic cleft, but it, that also sounds kind of dirty too. Boring. Uh, yeah. Boring. I think I think the synaptic cleft goes inside your boring hole. So when neurotransmitters are released, those neurotransmitters are either excitatory or inhibitory, which means they either slow down processes or they speed up processes, right? And they get picked up by these finger receptors called dendrites and then get translated into an electrical signal that travels down the axon and gets pooped out (laughs) at the end of the axon and happens all over again until it reaches its final destination. So that happens. We talked about that last episode. Oh, I know. Final destination. That was horrible too. Gosh, why do we do this to ourselves? This is torture in and of itself. Well, it's torture for you. I enjoy right. it. Right. So we could we could get into like lobes and stuff like that, but that's really high level um, right now. And so we're just talking the minutia of the brain is these axon and dendrite connections um, and how... They either spit out neurotransmitters that get things going or stop things, right? So you get uh, get things going neurotransmitters. Uh, an example of that would be uh, dopamine, which is responsible for feelings of delight. And research lately has shown that it's also uh, seems to play an important role in feelings of dread. So. Too much dopamine causes an excess of this in to be re up to be reuptaked, reuptake, reuptaken. So this would Take be it back so up. like if you if you have a crazy night out and you're doing crazy drugs and right. you're doing and you're doing lot and you're drinking tons and you're doing you're doing coke and you're partying it up and right. you feel like shit the next day. You're gonna that has something to do with this this process, right? Right, you're gonna have this depletion. Um, the cells and the axons aren't going to be able to make enough dopamine anymore because uh, they don't have the components. And so there's nothing to spit out. Plus, you're also spitting out inhibitory um, neurotransmitters like serotonin that make you feel depressed and kind of bring you back down again, right? Because the brain's job is to regulate everything and to keep this balance. So you shoot it up, it's mm-hmm. going to bring you back down. Um, so how we how do we get to pain from from this dopamine uh, overload? So when we feel fear, which is that basis of phobia, you get um, a dumping of neurotransmitters in the brain that cause a lot of things to happen and cause a lot of things to also stop at the same time. So um, gut processes tend to stop. Vital organ functions are increased. Muscle like blood gets pumped to the muscles and all of that information is sent by the brain automatically. 
um, down to down throughout your body so that things are ready to go. They're primed for action, right? So primed for fight, flight, or freeze, whatever is going to produce the best evolutionary results. Uh, some of those neurotransmitters and hormones that are responsible, you're going to recognize. Uh, endorphins, which mm-hmm. have a similar structure to opiates, um, they decrease pe- pleasure. Um, I'm sorry, decrease pain and increase pleasure. And so what they do is they inhibit pain neurotransmitters in the brain from being taken up by the dendrites. So basically, you're still feeling the pain, but your brain isn't processing it. Right. Yeah. So is this what happens when people, um, so again, relating to like drugs and alcohol, people can can break their leg or, you know, stumble into a bookshelf and break their shoulder and, and not really feel it until that wears off or, or they have a, a lessened uh, reaction to their pain in that process? Right. She might, well, she, yeah, she might've had um, a dumping of endorphins, adrenaline, cortisol, all of these things that tend to block those pain receptors and the ultimate goal then just becomes to survive. And so part of that survival is kind of blocking that experience of pain, even though your body is experiencing it. Um, you'll hear that sentiment from a lot of folks who experience really traumatic injuries mm-hmm. where they don't realize it hurts until they look down. And see it. And see it. And then their and brain then goes, goes, oh shit. And that's a different part of the brain that picked it up, right? Yeah. So one part of the brain is in there going, oh shit. This is bad. Keep it down, guys. Everything's cool. Yeah. Don't look at it. Don't look Don't at it. Look Don't look at, at it. it. It's fine. We call we call that side uh, system two, which is like the higher functioning. It's the it's the you know the child that goes off to college and succeeds at everything and never does anything wrong. You know, it's the uh, ego. Hmm. Um, it's neither id nor super ego. It's the balance. So. So where does so that's our pain, right? That's our that's our brain's processing of pain. Um, where where do where does the phobia come in? Where does the the this fear of of pain come into this this process? So that's how our brain processes fear, which we're going to touch on again in the chemicals. I don't know if you've gotten. Did you get to the way the brain produces the chemicals that that cause pain? Working on it. Did I cut um, you off too prematurely? Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. We'll so keep going. No, um, we don't have to edit it out. What are you talking about? We're good. I just cut you off early. I should let you keep talking. No, it's okay. Um, and so in the brain, you have a hundred billion of these nerve cells talking to each other and sending information down through the cells in the spinal cord um, and throughout the body, right? So a hundred billion. So that's a lot more than people really give it credit for. A bill. So a billion is 1,000 million, and a million is 1,000 thousands. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot jam-packed into your brain, right? A lot doing a lot of shit all at once without your knowledge most of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, System two is, is that, like I said, that ego part, the regulatory system, um, it's responsible for um, the rational experience, your conscious experience of life as well. Um, most animals don't have this system two functioning. So, so that's pretty uniquely human. It's pretty uniquely. Is it primate human. or just or, or human? Um, it, you know, I don't know for sure. It mm. just that I just. 
found in the research that, that it's most not not normal in, in the animal in, in, anim, in the animal kingdom. That. It's more of a human a human yeah. experience. In the animal kingdom, um, we tend to see system one functioning, which is really good at its job. Uh, it's largely unconscious. It's efficient. It's rapidly responding um, in an effort to assert dominance and and maintain survival. Right. It's the the primal side, and we all have that too. Um, that's the part that tells that makes us, us react. Danger. Exactly. Danger. That's Will the part Robinson. that tells Danger. us we should probably be afraid right now, right? So it's an important side that's naturally built into us, and it's regulated by that system two functioning that really decides whether or not it's something you should fucking freak out about, hmm. right? So we see when um, system two function or system two. Areas include the hippocampus and the prefrontal cortex, which we know prefrontal cortex doesn't develop until later in life. Stop laughing at me. He's I'm... going to get another drink. Well, yeah, I ran out. That's okay. I've been Keep talking, talking a lot. Um, I'm listening. So it's controlled by the hippocampus and the prefrontal cortex that doesn't fully develop until around age 25 for most people. Um, so before that, we're largely functioning on system one and a little bit of system two. So system two, we'll see more in later life, which is why our kids, as they go through puberty and they grow up and they hit their mid-20s, they finally realize that we were freaking right all along, right? Um, that's where we get the dysfunction of system one wait so is that where they realize that they're actually like fallible that yeah. they're that that things can happen to them that, yeah that they're not always right and their body is is mortal yeah and they're not gonna live forever yeah it's really scary it's really scary to hit that period because then you go oh shit. I, think, I feel like i just hit that period in the last like five or six years like i'm you're a late, just now you're a late bloomer <laughs> no surprise there um so the problem with system two is that it's super exhausting to regulate system one. And so it gets burnt out real quickly. And system one can get stuck in overdrive from a variety of things like PTSD. A traumatic um, experience can cause these system one functions to basically override system two and be on all the time. Hmm. So think about feeling that alert feeling, feeling that intense um, fear all the time, even when you're not supposed to, right? That's system two just being overridden by your primal primitive brain. Hmm. And that's where we get the disorder and anxiety disorders. Um, and that's all of, all of our anxiety disorders, right? right. They, all, they all originate there. Right. They originate in certain, certain area, general areas, I should say, um, and also in neurotransmitter functions within those areas because... Different areas of the brain and different neurotransmitters serve different functions depending upon the area of the brain that it's in. Hmm. Which, it like, I can't even get into the the deeper science of the brain because it's that maddening. A hundred billion of these little things are telling your heart to beat, your eyes to blink, um, you know, your stomach to process your food, uh, that you also need whiskey simultaneously, mm -hmm. consciously. My dopamine levels are rising as right. we speak. Exactly. You know, it's uh, and we talked about this. Uh, I think we talked about this in the first episode. But the brain is a really fucked up place. Like we we there is so much going on, and so much that can go wrong. Mm -hmm. And it's also amazing that it 
that so much more doesn't go wrong. That it doesn't, right? yeah. That things don't just fall off the axis. You know, that the, that the, the things don't just fall off the map. Right. All the time. Right. It's but a, somehow, it's a somehow things miracle. are yeah, things are still. still I don't know how things are running. Like that is a well-oiled machine, even if it works ten percent of the time, which I feel like my brain only works ten percent <laughs> of the time. Um, it's it's insane how all of these things are processed, but it's not surprising as well that some things don't function as they would optimally. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, why we have anxiety disorders, why you feel um, super depressed the day after drinking or the day after binging. Uh, There's a lot at play going on in the brain. There's a lot of neurotransmitters and fluid and everything that has just been drained from it. And your brain is basically trying to repair itself. Don't you think relationships would be so much better if people took courses on, on the brain and how it functions and how people relate to different things and how hey when 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 this is going on maybe it's not about you know you right. leaving the milk uh, on the counter maybe it's about it's not about you the know, glitter it's not about the glitter shut it's up it's not about a, the glitter that's a story that will come at another time um, <laughs> so yeah it's it would be important to know if if someone's amygdala which is that kind of limbic central lizard brain um, that they speculate is responsible for the response to pain and the response to the fear of pain because um, that amygdala can become stuck. And the, the amygdala's primary function is um, learning and memory related to fear. So don't touch a hot candle because last time I touched a hot candle, it burned me. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is the brain only remembers the last time it remembered. So you never truly remember the event as it was. You only remember the event as the last time you remembered it. Hmm. So does that relate to our phobia? It does. It does. So tell me about algophobia. So we've, I really think that this dive into neuroscience and, and into our, the way that our brain works is such a good foundation. Sorry, I tried to cut you off early. No, it's okay. Um, it's really I complex. Get, I get weird. I get, I get started. I start to feel rushed. But it's our podcast, so I don't really give a shit how long <laughs> it is. Right? Like, it doesn't matter. It could be it would be two hours. And if people want to listen, great. If they don't, screw them. Um, just because our first one was 40 minutes, and our second one was 55 minutes, or 58 minutes, and our third one was an hour and 15 minutes, doesn't mean this one can't be an hour and 45 minutes. Right? Right? Your future. Right? Your future is yours. Mm. It's like that choose your own adventure. Uh, Black Mirror, which I'm never going to watch because why would I want to choose my own Black Mirror adventure? That just sounds super depressing. I don't like that at all. I think it's interesting. I don't like it. Uh, It's an interesting concept. You need, speaking of dopamine, like, and recovery after dopamine, like, you need, like, two or three days of recovery after After each each Black Mirror episode. I don't know what's going on in your brain, but you need some recovery time after that. Yeah, recovery time is mandatory. I don't like it. Um, So tell us about algophobia. Okay, so how... Does all of this relate to algophobia? Well, humans and the human brain, the way it lurks, works, we learn through spoken word, writing, seeing things. We don't have to experience something firsthand in order to create a memory of it, which is pretty interesting um, because we can elicit a fear response just from memory. Hmm. So it's a fear that can cause panic just at the thought of it. Um, 
So what are the demographics of this phobia? Like, what are the people that suffer from this? Who Who is the, the main... Because I found it really interesting that this, and I'll answer my own question, that the elderly is, mm-hmm. is the biggest population of people who suffer from algophobia. Yeah. Why is that? I don't know. I could speculate. Um, there's a, there's some studies that maybe uh, the processes in the brain that inhibit the sensations of pain or release um, hormones or neurotransmitters that help to block the experience of pain tend to deplete as we get older and maybe that's why so literally their their experience of pain is it's more worse. intense really? right so it would, it would be, seem like it would dull it would as be you get older wouldn't it some see that's the thing it's it, there's a lot of speculation about it and there's a lot of research being done about it um, but the brain is so complex it's hard to nail in one thing but we do know it tends to happen more in the elderly demographic and we have seen some studies that show that that depletion or that um, lack of neurotransmitters um, and and natural brain death, you know, leads to an increased experience of physical pain, even though they're not in more physical pain. Um, Is it, so I noticed. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm getting us way off track on this, but so the elderly thing really has me interested because you know you go to an old folks home or you go to a nursing home, whatever, um, and you hear people moaning. Mm-hmm. Right, and and I understand like chronic illness and and things like that. But the interesting thing that you said about the fact that it may that you very well may experience pain worse mm-hmm. as you get older, kind of makes me want to off myself at like you know seventy five, just to you know avoid that experience. And who knows, maybe earlier. Um, but it seems really interesting that that that's when the processes seem to break down. Because I would think that your body would go into like defense mode where like towards the end you would start to get like, you'd feel less and less pain. Well, and you you do see that recurring right near the final days of death right. as the body prepares itself. It's almost like the, like the brain stores that right until the very end. Hmm. Um, I'm not sure. Again, that's just speculation. Yeah. But uh, it does tend to be more intense of an experience. And sometimes the fear of pain can turn into the most unpleasant part of pain. I remember when my grandmother um, was suffering from dementia, she feared getting her toes clipped, her toenails clipped, not her toes. Holy crap. That would be That would be like, uh, really, like, that'd be like hostile. Yeah, right. We're talk about Too later. much hostile. Yeah, it'd be like hostile. Because there was, I think there was a toe clipped in that. I'm pretty so, sure. So, yeah. Um, that's, she used to really be afraid of that. Um, Literally. She said it hurt and, you know, they weren't hurting her or anything. It was just her experience of it was very, um, hyper aware. And there's also a, a symptom, not a symptom, a syndrome that we tend to see, um, called hyperalgesia, which is a, an increased sensitivity to pain. Right. People who actually literally have a, literally, a, literally have a, an increased sensitivity. Right. And I read a little bit about that. So there's people that actually like experience pain worse than other people. Right. Um, so even the smallest bit of pain could be magnified and be much more intense. Right. And because pain is so hardwired to our emotions and our memory in that amygdala, our memory of pain can can be more lasting than many other memories. Hmm. Now, what um, about people who are, is there people who are, um, so obviously we talked about elderly uh, briefly, but uh, is, is that, is 
algophobia is something that that does occur in younger people too? Yeah. Yeah, it can occur in anybody. I mean, it's it's again an anxiety disorder can be brought out um, by a number of things and you could have that predisposition to it biologically you could have a traumatic event it could be uh, a vicarious experience you know a lot of things can contribute but what we know is that pain specifically is hardwired to emotions and it creates very vivid and lasting memories and that fear and anticipation of fear is probably where we get the variability of our pain tolerances and our experiences of pain between people. Interesting. So is there anything else you want to tell us about algophobia? Um, I find it really interesting uh, because I don't think anybody likes pain. Oh, I don't know. There is an interesting connection um, called the fear attraction connection. I'm sorry. I don't think anybody likes severe pain. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, again. So there's a, the fear <laughs> attraction connection um, where those same neurotransmitters in different amounts um, can actually increase blood flow. And some people can interpret that as feeling good. Um, and that state of fear can actually cause bonding neurotransmitters to dump and you can actually feel closer to someone in that experience of pain together. So that I makes think, sense. So that's, that's, that's the, that's the kinky BDSM, uh, culture, right? Well, I mean, it's also, you know, if you People take, who like to get hung by their nipples, if you take your and, date out, um, on a roller coaster, you're more likely to experience bonding than if you just went for ice cream because mm -hmm. a roller coaster still sends those same neurotransmitters well, down the brain. They always say that about horror movies. Yeah, horror movies exactly. are a great thing to, you know, go to a horror movie that's scary. And, and that's why. And because the same, the same chemicals that cause fear also cause arousal. Right. 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 Depending upon context. Um, and there's so many variables in contact context that fear and arousal. Run cause really contact. Close. Cause contact. <laughs> Are you getting. Fear and arousal context cause contact. Yeah. Causes a fear boner. Mm. Fear boners. Fear boner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fear boners. <laughs> oh, where do you go from fear boners? Um, I think we have. Is there a fear of fear boners? Fear of fear boners. Oh, we have to come up with a phobia. A phobia that's related to the fear of fear boners. Awesome. That's boners that's caused uh, by by scary situations. Right. Which is actually totally Which natural. Is from, from the movie. From the movie. From the show The League. <laughs> that's the first time I ever heard of it anyway. It's pretty good. <laughs> Which is awesome. Um, so... We've already gone 51 minutes yeah. before we even got into our movies. And we have so much to say about our movies. Yeah, we do. We watched a lot of, of movies this week. And, and I, we need a drink refill. We do. We do. So coming up next, we're going to talk about, uh, we're gonna talk about our, our honorable mentions. Uh, and then we'll talk about our feature presentations uh, that relate to algophobia. Are you ready? No. No? No. You better be ready. No. Because it's coming. No. It's coming. No. Fear of anticipation of pain. Alexa, play some calming music. Here's a station for calming music, Mellow Folk, on Amazon Music. Thank you. That's no jam. You think this is going to help? Mellow as fuck. 
Is this Jack Johnson? I don't know. I'm sad that you tried to know that. Actually, this sounds like something we'd listen to. Who is this? <laughs> Change my mind. Never mind. Hey, Alexa. Stop. All right, we're... We're diving into our movies now. Uh, we had to take a quick break because we needed more alcohol, Sustenance. more tea, and some avocado toast. Which is, we're in Reno, Nevada. That's very, it's, it's very Hollywood of us. It's appropriate for the uh, folk music we were just listening it to. It is. It's very LA. Yeah, LA. LA. Everything's very better in LA. LA. <laughs> Um, but we're talking about algophobia. But I gotta say that I don't think uh, <clears throat> you know. There's not really a lot of algophobia specific movies, um, except for algophobia. There is a movie called algophobia. I couldn't track it down. Uh, so if you're the director of algophobia, please send us a copy because yes, I would. I'd like to. I'd like to to view it. Um, but it, its IMDb page was pretty sparse, so I'm guessing it wasn't the highest of budgets of uh, films. But uh, so I think our movies are going to focus more on just pain and the inflicting of pain and torture. Um, those are going to be the central themes uh, of, our, of our movies. Although I think we have some movies that maybe are like that, but go a little beyond that and maybe get us a little, de- get a little deeper. In, For sure. Instead of just, I mean, there's a few that are just pain movies, but... <sighs> But all of them are really good at giving you and your brain that little sensation of, ugh, that, that is not, no. That's not good. That's, no, no, no. That's no. not normal. I don't like, like it. Uh, it's pain. Run away from it. Like, yeah. I don't, it's aversion in its best. So. so, you know, I think, I think a lot of these types of movies, we, we, we tend to, a lot of the movies we're going to talk about, I don't know about the feature presentation. I, I'm still up in the air about that one because I don't know that I would call that one torture porn in the same way. Um, and honestly, probably just the first, the first couple would put, we put in that category. Although I hate that category because it's, it's a really a lame designation. It's not, it's not a good category because this was a mid two thousands or early two thousands thing that kind of came up that was like, Oh, these movies are just about, gore and just watching suffering and watching pain. But I think those movies, honestly, they have more, there's more depth to them. Maybe not in their storyline, but there's, there's a, in, as a filmmaking thing. It's, yeah, it's during a, that time, why did those kind yeah. of movies have a resurgence? And But they're not new. And that's the thing. People were like, oh, these are a whole new category of films called torture porn. Hello, have you, have you seen fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Have you seen Cannibal Holocaust? Like these are not, this is not a new genre of movies. Like, Last House on the Left? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, these are not new. Like, the whole, like, gore, you know, for the sake of gore kind of thing is not a new thing. And and, and honestly, I think there's always a, a little bit deeper of a message in most of these movies than just the gore. Um, so, I think it's kind of shitty. Read read the Urban Dictionary uh, definition of torture porn. It'll pretty much sum it up for you. Um, but with that said, we're going to get into a couple of torture porn movies Yay. Um, for our honorable mentions. <laughs> oh, shut up. You like Hostel. It's a fun Wall. movie. No, it was not fun. It was zero fun. Oh, bullshit. It's not that bad. It's way not as bad, as our, bad. as our feature presentation. It's pretty bad. Um, but I think honorable mentions, first of all, 
the Hostel franchise and the Saw franchise. Now, I want to say this first first and foremost. I'm not going to dive into Saw. Uh, Saw features a lot of similarly graphic scenes of torture uh, and a pretty like focused bad guy in Jigsaw, um, which we all, if you're, if you're familiar with horror, you know the Saw franchise. Um, I, I wanted to dive into it a little deeper, but, you know, I just felt like Hostel, I hadn't seen in a long time, so... That's what I was going to do. And I'm going to touch on Hostel because more boobs. More boobs. More boobs. Right? It's more fun to rewatch Hostel because there's a lot of really attractive Eastern European women in that movie. Well, yeah, that's how, that's how they get you. That's how they get you. That's how they in get fact, you. I had somebody on Twitter this week that was like, oh, man, Hostel. They really bait and switch you after the first 45 minutes. They do. Yeah. <laughs> It's the old bait and switch. It's like, wait, college movie? Out in Europe? We're gonna no. bang a bunch of bang a bunch of hot European chicks and then and then it, it goes downhill no, really buddy. quick after that. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably That's right. Is. If you're if you're Josh and Paxton, right, and you're traveling across Europe and somebody says, Hey bro, hey bro, let's go you should go to Slovakia. All the chicks there are ready to bang and they're just gonna let you like like touch them and like you can just get all up in it. Oh, here's some pictures. And then a guy sits on the train with you and eats meat weird oh. and tells you <laughs> that he likes to experience his food. And there's a lot of signs. There's a lot of signs. There's a lot of signs. Don't go people. to Slovakia. Don't go to Slovakia. So the, sorry, Slovakians. I'm sure that's not characteristic sure of your of your actual place. And they get there and it's beautiful, right? That's a beautiful little village. It's pretty yeah. gorgeous. And so they but check again, they, they check too in good to be true. They check into their hostel. I'm um, skeptical the whole time. They check into their hostel, they go upstairs, they walk in the room. With their and of meters. course and of course the second they walk in, t- just too smoking hot. Thinking with their wieners. Uh, chicks are just are just they're just butt naked and they're getting dressed and then they walk by them and they go, oh, we're going down to the spa. Like, you should join us. You know, blah, blah. Um, that's, a, that's a sign that this is probably not reality. Um, however, uh, Eli Roth in 2005 thought this was, was you know, this was the hostile experience uh, that you don't want to have. So, and Eli Roth uh, was the director who I, I think is, is uh, he's fun. He does some interesting stuff. I like some of Eli Roth's he's stuff for gory. sure. He's so he he likes to take gore to a, to another level. With his gore, um, <laughs> I watched Cabin Fever not too long ago too. Um, with the unicorn? Uh, no, no, you're thinking of Cabin, uh, in, the Cabin Woods, in the Woods. Um, and Quentin Tarantino is an executive producer of Hostel as well. Yeah, I know. So you made me watch it at like eight in the morning on a Saturday. If you don't, I did recently. We watched we watched a Hostel, the first one, start to finish. Uh, if you haven't seen it, let me give a quick synopsis because um, uh, two college students, Paxton and Josh, are traveling across Europe with their Icelandic friend Oli. 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 Uh, in Amsterdam, they get kicked out of a nightclub for fighting and visit prostitutes at a brothel. After they return to their hostel. They realize there's a curfew and they're locked out. A man in a nearby apartment, Alexi, invites them to stay at his place that night. He convinces them to visit a hostel in Slovakia filled with desperate, beautiful women. And these hot chicks end up leading them into a building that houses rooms for rich tourists that indulge their hedonistic desires to torture 
and basically do whatever they want to their captors, including ultimately killing them. Uh, that'll put a damper on your little uh, your little vacation. Oh, for sure. Um, so and it's just awful. So the first, literally, the first 30, 45, 30 to forty five minutes. Uh, I don't even know where it stops, but they're they're having a great time. They're just partying. They're banging chicks. Um, Oli is getting them into all kinds of uh, trouble. Mischief. You know, um, but then it takes a really bad turn, and they get led down. Uh, uh, Josh gets led away from the group. And ends up with this dude who they met on the train, uh, who is a wannabe surgeon, who ends up ripping out his insides. Uh, Paxton is then grabbed, thrown in a room. Uh, sorry, Josh is tossed into a room with this wannabe surgeon. Ends up flayed open, mm-hmm. uh, getting his guts ripped out by this 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 creepy dude who paid a shit ton of money to apparently torture people. Yeah. So. Uh, Paxton goes and looks for his buddy and eventually finds him in this torture building. Room. Right? Um, and sees all this going on. And then while he was, he's, he's freaking out about it, gets abducted himself, right? And then thrown into his own room with his own sadistic torturer. And this guy, this is where the fear of pain part comes in for me the best with Hostel. This is why I picked this movie as an honorable mention, because just the scene of Paxton in the chair. Waking up. He's, he's, he sees what's going on, right? And, and, and the, the scenes of the drill, like going right to his forehead, but then he stops, mm-hmm. right? And he's freaking out. He's freaking out, right? So then the guy goes and he grabs a chainsaw. Yep. And he picks up the chainsaw and he gets the chainsaw all the way down right to his scalp. And then he stops. And then what does Paxton, Paxton do? Do you remember? He vomits. He vomits. Tell me about that response. Is that a real response that somebody would... would Hell would... yes. Think about how much stress your brain is under in that moment when you're, you're trying to process what the hell's going to happen next. And your ears hear that thing coming closer to you. And it's happened twice. And, and there's all these dumps of things. So, I mean, if he... If he was, you know, drinking or eating anything before that event, it wasn't even digested yet. And when uh, those primal instincts kick in, you know, those secondary things, that's that's part of that response is get anything that's not needed out. So that fear response is, is the thing that, that sold me on Hostile because, it, yeah, it's, it's got all the, the pain and torture and there's Achilles tendons being cut in half, which is, ugh, oh my see, worst thing ever. You have a problem with compound fractures. Legs, yeah. For me, like Achilles tendons being cut, ooh, that's the worst. It's bad. That is terrible. And if you're over 30, you really, before you do anything strenuous, should really <laughs> stretch, stretch your Achilles. Achilles tendon. Yeah, you never know when that thing's going to coil it's, up. You've got a large chance of tearing it <laughs> after 30. That's so scary. I don't like it's that. It's really oh, terrifying. I, hate that. I know. Stretch your Achilles. <sighs> do it. Um, but this movie's got a ton of really graphic scenes, but that scene in particular really highlights the, the fear of pain to me. Yeah. Um, which again, I said, it's not going to really be the center of the focus. This movie's, you know, these, this, this phobia, um, and these movies are more about pain being a central theme or, or the fear of the anticipation of pain. Yeah. Which, possible which pain. I, I felt like that was a, that was a good scene for that. Huge. Um, but that brings us to our next honorable, honorable mention these whiskeys are starting to hit me, Chris. Honorable. Honorable. 
mention. Honorable mention. Uh, the 1987 classic horror film and franchise directed by Clive Barker, Hellraiser. Yeah. Freeze! Just back it up against the wall. You heard him. Back it up. Don't make us put some pain on you. Pain? How dare you use that word? He's got pins in his head. What you think causes pain is only a shadow. Pain has a face. Allow me to show it to you, gentlemen. I am pain. And I believe that clip is from Hellraiser 4, Bloodline. Uh, but that sums up the franchise pretty well. And sums up Pinhead and his, uh, his deal pretty well. But um, the film of uh, the Hellraiser film, uh, which is a classic and, you know, one of the biggest, you know, it's right up there with, with, with Nightmare on Elm Street and, and Friday the 13th and all the, the great uh, franchises. But this film involves the resurrection of Frank, uh, who's played by Sean Chapman, who had opened the door to an alternate dimension and had his body torn to pieces by creatures known as Cenobites. And years later, Frank's brother, Larry, moves into their late mother's abandoned house with new wife, Julia. Uh, an accident causes some of Larry's blood to spill on the attic floor, which triggers Frank's resurrection. To complete his, resurre his resurrection, he requires more blood, which Julia provides, um, while, Chris, uh, while Kirsty Cotton played by Ashley Lawrence, who's also going to be at Sinister Creature Con, by the way. Oh. Uh, which is kind of cool. I, I want to go to that. I want to go to there um, in Sacramento. Uh, played by Ashley Lawrence. Uh, Lori's daughter uh, discovers Frank's puzzle box, which leads her to meet with the Cenobites and their leader, Pinhead, played by Doug Bradley, who will also be at Sinister Creature Con. Uh, it's a reunion. Pinhead. That's pretty badass. Um, who most of you know is an iconic horror character. Pinhead's um, uh, kind of a badass badass horror icon um but hellraiser is just like a bdsm wet dream um that's the only way i can describe it i mean it's it's these cenobites make it clear that they're not really out they're not angels or demons um and they're actually i think they're supposed to be some group of hell-based fallen theologians uh that were from a certain like sect of Something sounds um, really complex, um, but they are just out to have some hedonistic kicks, and so the people they end up pulling into their dimension get get the the best and worst of pain and pleasure. That's kind of the the idea. So it's not it's not just pain, but ultimately, like they make them suffer. But there's also pleasure involved too, because Frank said that there's there's both sides. Um, but in the very end, I guess it's a pretty bad deal. <laughs> it's not a good thing. If it sounds too good to be true, probably. When it comes is. to making pain a central theme of your franchise, Hellraiser does a really good job Did of a it. good job. Because pain is, is like, you know, what it's all about. I mean, we heard Pinhead say that's, that's what he is. He's, yeah, he's all, he is, he is the face of pain. Um, which, you know, as far as honorable mentions go, this is a movie that we, we definitely had to have, um... I'm not going to break it down because there's so much on Hellraiser. Um, this whole franchise is a perfect, you know, a, a, 
it's it's a it's an epic franchise it's so good um but with that because we've gone so long in this episode uh let's get right to our feature presentation and now our feature presentation so our feature presentation this week is on martyrs This was just agonizing from start to finish. This whole week, I've been telling Chris, I'm sorry, honey, but you have to watch this movie. No. And honestly, I watched this movie for the first time about six months ago. And I vowed that I would never watch it again. Mm-hmm. I, I actually genuinely really liked it. I thought it was a great movie. But it is, it's, brutal. A, it's a brutal watch. It's a really, really tough movie to sit through. It hurts my soul <laughs> to watch tough. it. And honestly, like during during our viewing of it today, um, I was watching your reactions a lot, and your and there was a lot of like covering your eyes and. Shut and up. <laughs> <laughs> Am I, I wrong? Like seeing that stuff, it it's bad. It's people, bad. People are experiencing a lot of emotional pain, and they're inflicting physical pain on other people, and it all just makes me very uncomfortable. So unlike our other movies that were, you know, somewhat superficial. This one was deep as hell. This one was a, this is a deep movie. This movie has some 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 deep roots to it that that kind of, you know, you start to you think about it after it's over. Oh. It's not one of those that you're like, "Oh, that was just a bunch of gore." This movie is I mean, is it about was a bunch of gore. It was a bunch of gore, but it was about a lot more than just the gore. Um, which is why I chose it because Pain is such a central element of this movie, um, but in a way that's, it's not just physical, it's, it's metaphysical too, which I found really interesting. And I, I, I really love this movie. I think it's a wonderful movie. It's a terribly, terrible watch. It's a really hard watch. It's really hard. Um, but it's a great movie. And honestly, like, when, we, when we found this, when this phobia came up, like when this was the next episode, it was one of the first things that popped into my head. Um, because it is, it's brutal. Um, and even the director said it was, it was, he's like, I don't understand why anybody would want to watch this thing, which I think we mentioned earlier. For those of you that never want to watch it because you don't want to experience that in an hour and a half of your life, here's a synopsis of what goes on. So, so Martyrs uh, is a French film uh, from 2008, uh, directed by Pierre... Oh, what did I do with the information here? You don't uh, to directed it. by I like to tell you know give credit where credits due. Right, horror nerds love love the actual information about That's movies. That's true. Um, so let's give them. I got to bring it up here on my computer. Uh, it was directed by Pierre. I'm sorry, Pascal uh, Loger, which I'm probably butchering his name, um, and it stars Morjana Alou. Milan Jampagno, Jampagno, uh, Catherine Bijan, and let's and I lost my place. Gave you all the information, um, and it. it uh, by the way, the the lead girl, she is. She was really good. She is so pretty, too. Yeah. And she is, she is a really interesting... She's like Chinese and French. She, mix. She made Beautiful. me... Beautiful. Like, like, 
feel so much of her emotional pain from that experience. Such a good really, performance. Oh. The performances in the movie were fantastic. And honestly, the movie itself, like, is... It's a work of art. It's really, really well done movie. Like, I cannot say enough about how well it, it, it was put together. It is just horrifying, Yeah. though. Um, okay, synopsis. 15 years... After a horrifying experience of abduction and prolonged torture, Lucy embarks on a bloody quest for revenge after uh, revenge against her oppressors. Uh, along with her childhood friend, Anna, who also suffered abuse, she quickly descends without hope into madness and her own delusions. Anna, left on her own, begins to re-experience what Lucy did when she was only 12 years old. So Lucy basically starts having these... Um, Lucy and Anna get out of their their mental institution, mm-hmm. and Lucy goes and and shotgun blasts the family, mom, dad, eighteen year old kid, younger sister, with a shotgun, goes through and blows them away. Anna, her friend, she calls her friend and basically says, "Hey, I did this stuff," and Anna's like. Are you sure it was the right family? Because yeah. you double, triple, son of check. a bitch, like measure twice, cut once. Yeah, because uh, if you are you sure? Because you're just going off of some newspaper clippings, and because she'd been in the mental institution for many years. Um, eventually, Lucy shows up. Uh, I'm sorry, Anna shows up uh, to help to help Lucy after she had blown away this family. And Lucy is then plagued by this monstrous creature who Chris is like, is this a supernatural movie? Is there some... What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? Um, And I was like, oh, just watch. Because we realize the monster that's attacking Lucy is... is... It's an expression of her experience of pain. And it's like a a personification of it um, in a way that she can deal with it. But when I felt was really insane was that all of this was being elicited by a fear response of a memory of pain which caused them to create personifications that truly did elicit pain on them which right. was themselves right. so the the pain and suffering caused more pain and suffering right because she's she's now inflicting pain on herself that she's attributing to this monster that doesn't exist, right? And this monster ultimately ends up killing her. Right. Um, by suicide. Right. Um, in the movie. Spoiler the mon- alert, by the way. But the we monster do spoilers here. too, like, the monster was a way for them to, to transcend into something other than their experience of pain, right? Cause right. Because that's what... They had been taught in this, you know, crazy underground lab um, was how to transcend that pain into the afterlife, but not lose the physical body. Right, which which she hasn't, you know, we we don't know anything about this at this point, right? She's just just experiencing this dramatic uh, episode after she shotgunned this whole family, right? She's, She's going through the house. And it's brutal. I mean, it's the, you know the the depictions of violence in this movie are, and and, and gore gore and is 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 intense. It's super intense. intense. Um, so if that's not something you can handle, don't watch it. Um, but it's 
it's really intense. Um, and she's she's struggling with this, and she's struggling with the fact that she just she just confronted her her abusers, mm-hmm. um, and then this monster who's been plaguing her her whole life. We see it as a young when she's young. She talks about it. We don't see it personified. Did you realize um, who that monster was? Who? It was the girl she left behind in the dungeon. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that was her personification of the pain and guilt that she felt because she had left her there. That yep. woman that she saw behind. And that was the one that she that that Anna ended up rescuing out of the dungeon, right? Yes. She was still alive. Yes. And that had been what fifteen years before. Yeah. So she had been there for fifteen years, still suffering in that dungeon. So ultimately, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, but they pulled Anna sees Lucy commit suicide. Which we realize that there's no monster. The monster was inside Lucy's head. Um, and then Anna goes back in the house, and she's going, "This chick just murdered her family. Yeah, do do we even hell? know? Do we even know this family was the right family?" And then Anna finds secret passageway to a huge underground torture chamber. Like, torture chamber where some and she finds a girl, madam. Yeah. Well, no, that was that was a whole different place. Oh yeah. They took her away from there. So the house, she finds another girl. She pulls her up out of the out of the dungeon. She gets her cleaned up. She gets, peels giant staples uh, out of her head. Staples out of her out of her top of her head. Scalps her because there's no other way to get it off. This girl is in bad shape. I mean, she's very malnourished. She is she's, bad shape. She's it's, it's a it's got a, barbed wire wrapped around her stomach. Um, she's got a chastity belt that clearly hasn't been taken off in years. Yeah, and, yeah it's it's ugly. Um, so she finally gets that, and then the girl ends up killing herself because yeah. she's finally able to like free herself, and she's, I'm sure, been planning well, to kill herself for as long as she possibly could because well, she's been suffering the, so much pain. In some of the research that I saw, it was her demon and her, her in, inner projected monster came out, um, was had a lot to do with, cockroaches she would feel cockroaches on her skin and then that would make her want to literally do anything to get her skin off which is why she was cutting into herself um again that almost that like drive to madness um from all of the pain the pain and emotionally and physically that they experienced um just drives them to continue to inflict pain on themselves so it's like pain begets pain. And as Anna tries to help this girl, right, and she's actually cut herself, she's probably about to die anyway, um, this girl takes a bullet to the head. Yeah. And we look up, and there's this, like, black-clad, like, gang of, of like, led uh, by like looking woman. like CIA agents, kind of. Yeah. yeah. We don't even see the woman at that point. The very um, You know, basically that take this girl. Uh, and so the movie takes a huge shift, and we realize... That this torture was not just some madman torturing girls in his basement. It's this like weird nihilistic cult. Research. Yeah, that that are researching pain and and take Anna to this place where they now are are strapping her in and torturing her, um, but it's for a purpose. Right. Um, which is a really interesting twist. Um you know, it, so this this group is a very, they're a very nihilistic group. They're a very, uh, uh, you know, they're not they're not 
just out for torture. Right. We see that. We see them even comforting her at a few different times uh, well, as they're torturing her. They feed her, which means they're trying to keep them alive. Well, they want to keep her alive. That's part of the deal, right? Right. So, so, but barely. But barely. Because the whole point of this thing is, is, is to get these girls, and, and the whole reason they've abducted these girls and abused them for so long is to get them to the ultimate breaking point of torture where they are not quite dead, but still alive, where they experience some sort of transcendental moment, um, which is a really crazy concept. Yeah. Um, you know, the gal, uh, talks about how their, their ultimate goal is to feed the suffering. Um, and that there are nothing but victims in this world now and uh, martyrs are the one who survive despite the face of suffering and see this afterlife. And um, I thought it was interesting that they used uh, the Greek word in a little passage in the movie um, because the Greek word that martyr comes from is Greek for a witness. So they were literally trying to elicit a witness to the afterlife mm -hmm. Through systematic torture, which is insane, because they're they're kind of nihilist. They don't necessarily believe in anything, um, but yet they're still desperately seeking out an answer, um, despite not believing in right. something. Yeah, Mademoiselle makes a really, really, um, uh, you know, she she makes a statement that martyrs have always been. Religious martyrs. They've always been the ones that we, you know, we look at and they're, they believe, they're, they're so steeped in their belief that they are willing to, to endure torture and pain and all this, this crazy shit um, to, to achieve, in, you know, whatever their goal is, heaven or enlightenment or the next, the afterlife. Um, but then she goes on to explain to Anna before Anna gets, end up, ends up being tortured. She explains to her that, that, all of these, she goes through this flip book of all these people throughout, you know, history who have, who have all had the same, who have had the same look on their face. They've experienced martyrdom, but they were atheists. They weren't, they weren't believers. They didn't have any specific thing. They were in a car accident for nine hours, and they, you know, they didn't have uh, this martyrdom. So she, so her, so the the philosophy of this group then is the pain, the ultimate, all this crazy pain that you go through. What is it worth? It it ends up at the end showing you the afterlife right showing you enlightenment showing you transcendence showing you tr what they call transfiguration right you endured pain for so long that you experienced this transfiguration and I, I really thought it was really interesting because i've always described existentialism as nihilism with a blindfold on um accepting there is no meaning in life except by which we create. You create yourself, right? Um, you know, so there's no basis in, in like belief. You know, everything's it's 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 a delusion. Um, existentialism is a delusion, and I think these nihilists like have are are like they're failed nihilists. Well, they're flailing nihilists. They're they're, they're nihilists that are like trying to flap their trying, wings when they jump off the building. To find some firm evidence one way or another, right? 
But when she does, Mademoiselle blows her fucking brains out. So Spoiler what, alert. What did Anna, we've spoiled this movie already. Uh, what did Anna whisper to her that made a nihilist go, well. Well, she wasn't I, a nihilist. I think all of them, they were not nihilists by the time they got to this point of this well, maybe, cult. Well, maybe that made her a nihilist then. No, but, I don't think so. I think I think they were they were they weren't nihilists by the end of the movie. They were definitely so they were definitely you, seeking the afterlife. So they they did think, not believe this was the only thing that there was, and they didn't believe that there Mademoiselle that it was despair. Blew her brains out then. Well, she said at the end that that you know doubt continue doubting right basically is what she said. Um, keep doubting. Keep doubting. You know the the pain that they had brought Anna to. And then Anna's experience with when, with enlightenment or, or the afterlife, whatever she told to Mademoiselle, ultimately, Mademoiselle realized that the journey is as important as the destination, right? So that this experience of pain in life, right? The suffering that we experience as humans, we experience death, we experience... You know, all kinds yeah. of pain and, and whether it's, it's physical, mental, um, you know, economic, any kinds of pain that we experience, right? We go through pain on a daily basis in one way or another. And ultimately, our loved ones die. Yeah. People around us die. Everything Pe- has a cycle. You know, we see people suffer with cancer and kids getting killed and abused and all the terrible things that happen in the world. Apparently, Mademoiselle wanted to convey the idea that that pain is worth it. That doubt that we experience with the life around us is somehow part of the process. See, I interpreted it a little differently. I interpreted it as that doubt being more non-confirmation of what exists in the afterlife that allows us as humans to give our lives meaning. Hmm and purpose yeah so it's that doubt that non-confirmation that not knowing what happens after life that truly allows us to give our lives meaning and now that mademoiselle knew knew what it was she's her life is she didn't need to tell anybody no she she fulfilled that yeah you know it's i I feel like this movie is for this topic right this algophobia topic about uh which i feel like is is like down here compared to where this movie goes this movie goes way beyond right this this topic it doesn't of, it doesn't though because it goes know, this it's... metaphysical place about what pain is about but what's interesting is like we think about elderly people and how they experience this fear of pain and the fear of death and the fear of the end of life later right? in life we, we always end up here somehow yeah later in life that's a huge part of our emotional experience of life is that reconciling that yeah, we are going to die. Yes, my body is failing. Do you think she realizes that morally it would be wrong to tell everybody what she heard? I wonder. I, I would speculate. Because um, she's craving she's craving this meaning, and she finally gets it. Do you think she realizes that like, in the mortal life, people shouldn't know what is coming next? I think part of her realizes that, yes. Um, but I think truly... It's more like a resolution of, well, now that I know, there's no reason to live. 
did she have her her existential gestalt moment that you psychologists like to talk about yeah, so much? Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, you see her actively taking off her makeup. She's stripping off the layers. Right. She's, you oh, know, I like that. taking off her eyelashes. She's literally getting down to the bare bones of everything. Of who she is, like who she really yeah. is. Oh, I like that. I didn't think about that. Yeah. And then she... Blows her head off. Blows her brain out after telling other people to keep doubting. So to me, that's where the emphasis is. Keep doubting. Keep wondering. Keep curious about what is after this because that's what's worth it is the Hmm. curiosity and that process. Not what you find out at the end. It's interesting, you know, when you look back into history and you look back into and philosophers and things like that, like pain is a central part of religion and mm-hmm. philosophy. Um, you know, the, the my background's in theology. And when I studied, you know, there's so many, so many cha- uh, passages in the Bible that talk about suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and going through suffering and trusting the suffering. Yeah. And... Yeah. I mean, you know, the one that always sticks out has always stuck out to me is it is better to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, that's from First Peter in the Bible. Um, but then, like you look at like guys like Nietzsche, um, who said to live is to suffer, right? Because right. that's the nihilistic viewpoint. That's that whole viewpoint that that life is suffering. So why not off yourself now? Right. Right. Like that's, that's always been my view of, of nihilism. Like if, if you really believe that viewpoint that. Then why are you hanging around? Then why are you still around? You know? Um, Anything's got to be better that's, than that's not That's not a directive. That's just my thoughts on that philosophy. No, that's, that is definitely not a directive. <laughs> Call the suicide hotline if you feel that, uh, feel that, uh, that urge. But, you know, if that's really what you view life as, just pain. And that there's nothing that can make it better except for death. Right, um, which I feel like these people, these this cult, whatever they were, that's their viewpoint. But they all were seeking to find that thing that that was something extra. Yeah, you know that ultimate moment. So, <sighs> really deep, really exhausting. Like super a, fucking depressing. Set aside a whole day for yourself, and then like. Watch it and then, like, take a bath and cry and have some tea and, like, get a hug and eat some chocolate. You know, replace the neurotransmitters in your brain. <laughs> um, allow your brain to heal emotionally from Maybe this. Maybe get some extra dopamine yeah. that might end up bad tomorrow. But don't worry <laughs> about it. Just drink. Be merry tonight. Um, but... The next episode is not depressing. No, it's so fun. It's going to be a fun one. So this one was deep. It was depressing. We're getting out of that shit. I mean, we are, we are all humans, and we have to all struggle with the human we experience. We have to face it. Right? Um, but the next episode is going to be fun, but it's going to be foul. It will be quite foul. Very foul. Yeah. Um, <laughs> See what I did there? Yes. Are you proud of me? I was trying to think of another one, but I couldn't. Come up quick enough. It'll be excellent. See, you're so good at this. Uh, Wordsmith. Feathered, I don't know. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. We're going to be touching on, is it electrophobia? Alcatlophobia? I don't know. Electrophobia? Something like that. Fear of chickens. Fear of chickens. Fear of motherfucking chickens. Fear of chickens. I'm really excited to watch 
the movies that you have in store yeah. for me. There's gonna this. be some. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun with this one. So, Fear of Chickens, guys, uh, enjoy. Uh, waiting, waiting through your depression this week after you finish this episode. <laughs> we're here for you. And and uh, please uh, talk to us. I know we rambled a bit on this one. This was kind of a it was a tough one. It was a tough one to get through. So. Thanks for wading through the quicksand with us, and now we're out of it. We're gonna have we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have some fun with the next one though. So be ready. We're gonna we're gonna have a blast. Um, until next time, stay afraid. Stay very afraid. <laughs>